Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Stories for Hope podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. If this is your first time listening to us, um, Stories for Hope is a podcast run by Hope for Kids International, a nonprofit whose mission is to bring hope to children around the world uh, through our four pillars, dignity, health, joy, and love. We've talked in earlier episodes about how our ministry got started when our founder and president, Tom Agam, began smuggling Bibles into the Soviet Union in the 70s, Um, and we shared some really inspiring stories from that time. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, I encourage you to. They are just so amazing. But earlier this year, I sat down with Tom to hear about his experience serving in China in the 80s and how God can use any situation for his glory. So let's sit back and hear from Tom. In 1980, the U.S. boycotted uh, the Soviet, um, the Moscow Olympics, because the Soviet Union had invaded Afghanistan. So we protested and didn't go. That spring, I had gone there to smuggle Bibles, and I got arrested and blacklisted for five years. So I had to go somewhere. You couldn't go to Russia anymore. <laughs> no, couldn't go there. So I met a guy that was talking about uh, they take Bibles into um, China, and, of course, that was what I felt my call was and stuff. So, so in um, uh, the fall of 1981, we made our first trip into China and smuggled Bibles and had suitcase full of Bibles and went in on the train and saw them open suitcase ahead of us and not us. And it was just one of those things that we saw over the years and then made a delivery of Bibles to a, a contact that was one of the leaders in the underground church. You know, there was a registered church, still is to this day, but I believe one of the figures I saw, there's about 100 million Chinese believers that are not registered. They meet secretly. Maybe it's a small group in a house or a small group. And I know the Chinese government has cracked down a lot in the last decade or so. But anyway, so we came into that atmosphere. And and then we also brought these incredible little tools of these, these books that were great tools of evangelism. And one of them was a little yellow booklet called Tell Me the Story. And it was kind of in cartoon cartoon form and simply written in, you know, Chinese, but pretty easy for even a child to understand. So we handed out a lot of those. We'd go on boat rides and just load up the whole boat, and then they would blow whistles at us and chase us, and we'd jump off. But anyway, um, we there was another one that I loved. Um, it was called The Story of the Scientist, because the big thing, the the... Soviets and the Chinese and the Vietnamese Communist Party said was um, only educated, uneducated people believe in God. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much said that's just for old people, especially old ladies and children, but not for us who are uh, intellectually superior. So we had this booklet, a little blue booklet called Tell Me This, or, uh, The Story of a Scientist. It's about a Chinese scientist that through science, he, he wanted to disprove there was, I mean, prove there was no God. And through science, he made these discoveries that could only be uh, crafted by the master designer. And so he becomes a believer. And it's a great story. So we handed those out. We used to go to Shanghai, and there's an area there called the Bund, and it, it it's up against the waterfront. And it used to be, and I'm not sure of these days, but it used to be the place where a lot of tourists were. And so 
university students that were studying English loved to go there and practice their English. So we would spot these guys and start, you know, do you speak English? They'd come up, do you speak English? And then they'd have phrases they would ask us what that meant. So, well, that was the perfect time to say, um, here, take, take a look at this, or the story of the scientists. And so we had these incredible discussions. And what was interesting was you'd start with a couple guys. And this is where I've often said, I was underqualified to be doing this kind of witnessing. But there were so many times when there'd be a crowd of kids talking around you and, and crowding and wanting to hear what you said. And there'd be some debates going on. And they'd say, well, what about this? And I really believe the Holy Spirit gives you the words in that hour, as the Scripture says. And sometimes I would respond with a Scripture that I knew I was familiar with in Bible college or something, but I'd never memorized it. But it just flowed out of me. And a lot of that had to do with with those seeking God and and uh, um, in the book of Acts when Paul was um, speaking uh, on Mars Hill and all the gods from all over and these questions were asked about the Creator and stuff and and I would just be quoting some of that stuff and and just had these incredible dialogues. Um, one of my craziest experiences in China was I I got food poisoning or botulism. Um, we were in this um, factory. We used to take these tours of factories and stuff and and they had served us a lunch and some shrimp and it, it was bad and I got food poisoning immediately. Just started getting sick and and anyway I don't remember some of the story because I had passed out and they, they I've seen pictures where they uh, grabbed me and threw me over, this guy, this guy traveling me, threw me over his back and got me back uh, to the bus and then ran in front of the bus to get me to the hospital. And I woke, literally woke up in the hospital. I had IVs in me and, and uh, had really, uh, was close to not surviving. And Mr. Wong was my translator and I'd been witnessing to him and talking to him, showing these books and stuff. And he just said, no, there's no God, there's no God. So I was kind of in and out of waking up and, and all. And and uh, the next morning, I woke up and realized Mr. Wong was sitting uh, at the uh, foot of my bed. And I said, Mr. Wong, you've been here? And he said, yes. He said, you almost died. But he said, I saw God with you. <laughs> what? I don't know what he meant by that. But it made a believer of him. In fact, we've, we've, we knew him afterward. He actually immigrated to uh, British Columbia. And that was what brought him to Christ. So whatever he saw. But... I look down and I, I, I see the IV is, is rusty in my vein. And I'm thinking, oh man, get me out of here. And then the team actually 
had to leave for Hong Kong and left me behind with one of their leaders. And they literally shot me up with glucose or whatever, you know, to get me going. And, and I took the train back to Hong Kong and was very, very sick. Actually went home early, ended up in Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, uh, being tested for uh, Asian diseases. <laughs> and I had like, uh, yeah, I don't know if it was from the treatment or the, the whole thing, but I had parasites and my intestines and stuff like that. It was really a, a really difficult time for a short while. But I'm telling you, um, uh, Mr. Wong's life was ab absolutely transformed because of that experience. And we had many encounters like that with our translators. Um, I had one young girl, she, uh, during the um, uh, a period of of uh, the Red Guards, where they they uh, turned in their parents and and people were put to death, and it was just a, a, a very terrible time. Uh, she was a school teacher and had taught some things that were not proper, and so she was put into a labor camp where her job was breaking rocks all day, and she had. Her face was all scarred up from the rocks, you know, and she apologized for that and told her, she told us her story. And, and you know, the thing about a, a translator like that that travels with you, they get to see and hear, you know, a variety of people and see and, and, and witness what they're doing. And she was another one that said she wanted to be a follower of Jesus and, and we got to pray with her. And there were, I mean, there were so many of these experiences in China where we, one, got to meet with the underground believers. We were in small meetings with them. We'd see their, you know, their, we'd give them booklets or we'd give them the Bibles. And, and we wanted to be careful not to endanger them because we obviously stood out. But still, meeting people who were willing to give their life was the takeaway. And who am I not to risk a little bit, arrested or deport, deportation or whatever, because I've brought them the word. And I felt like if they're willing to die for the word, I'm willing to go take a risk to bring them the word. And again, like we've experienced in so many of our experiences, the risk we took was small compared to the risk they took. And the impact they had in our life was greater than anything we could have given them. And then, of course, that was my message when I spoke at youth camps or youth retreats or colleges or high schools. You know, I could tell stories about them. I know they were willing to risk their lives for, for their faith in Jesus. So those were great days. <laughs> Some of my favorites. One of the things that I find very inspiring about Tom's stories is the impact he had on people through his actions and how he lived his life. Whatever Mr. Wong meant when he saw God with Tom in the hospital is beautiful, but we have to remember that leading up to that, Mr. Wong was also observing Tom as they traveled together and the people they met with and interacted with along the way and all those interactions and observing Tom, um, I mean, those planted the seeds 
Leading by example can be such a powerful way to share the gospel with others. You know, if any of the stories that you've been listening to on this podcast have inspired you, or if you have a story you want us to share, we would love, love, love to hear from you. And you can email us at podcast at h, the number four, ki.org. Thanks again for joining us. Have a blessed day, everyone.